Hello and welcome to Keep Em Flying, a Firefly podcast in which we are taking on the daunting task of reviewing and synopsizing and rating, tearing apart every episode of the TV series Firefly. We are up to season one, which there is only one season if you didn't know that, episode 11, Trash. I'm Paul Spataro and I am here with Mr. Andrew Leyland. Hello. And Mr. William Robinson, Mr. Doctor William Robinson. Mr. Hello. Doctor. And this, and for this episode, I'll be playing the part of uh, Mal's hip tattoo. <laughs> Do you really want to be that close to another man's junk? <laughs> no, sir. But it is Nathan Fillion. Mm. Oh yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. <laughs> he can take his junk and get the heck out of here. He it's been close. He did have a peachy bottom in this one, didn't he? <laughs> did, did you watch it with the missus? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did she say anything? Hmm. Oh, that was the quiet. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, that bottom has been close to Christina Hendricks, so you know, or you know. So you're only one step away from Christina <laughs> Hendricks. Is that there you go. Say it? See, right. by this philosopher, there's no actual difference between the inside of a man's mouth and the inside of a woman's. <laughs> Ew. So you see where I'm? You can see where I'm going with this. You're going down a shaky path, my friend. It's like one of those mountain paths in Peru, and I'm standing on the edge. <laughs> yeah, and the car is going to teeter over at any minute. No, no, no. I'm like walking with my back to the uh, to to the oh, cliff right. face, and my my toes are off the edge of the thing, and the little rocks are crumbling and falling, and and there's a little gap coming up, and I'm going to fall. Sounds like you're walking through the streets of Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> hey, I I did fine with that. You were wonderful, Bill. Anyway, trash. Trash. How about, so, before we get to Trash, anybody got any Firefly news? Show's still cancelled. Uh, by now, by the time you listen to this, uh, Serenity will probably be off on Netflix. Yeah, that's. I wonder why that is. Now, is, is Firefly the series coming off of Netflix as well? I don't think so. Where'd you get word that Serenity was coming off? Oh, it was in one of those, um, hey, this is what's leaving Netflix in July. And I, and I, I kind of follow those because I get a little like, oh, you know, do I have anything that's in my list? I guess I could just look on Netflix and say, what's going to be leaving soon in your list? But um, but there might be a movie I don't have in my list that I want to oh, like, oh, I want to see that before it goes away. So actually, I'm pulling up Netflix right now and I will see in my list when... Okay. Yeah, uh, worst case vamp, scenario. Vamp, vamp, while, while, while I you look. Know, worst case scenario, they have multiple copies of it at my local library, so when the time comes to watch it, I'll still be fine watching it. And I don't want to rush to see it now, and then when we record that episode three months from now, have it be stale in my mind anyway. Plus, I don't want to spoil ahead. I want to I want to continue on the on the path we've been going where what we record is what we what I've seen to this point, and that's it. Because I think that's part of the, uh, you know, part part of what makes this show a little different than other index shows for TV series that we've done to this point. It doesn't appear to be leaving. I don't see it on the. It's back. Please disregard the prior talk. Well, no, 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 no. Firefly, Firefly doesn't appear to be leaving. I don't have Serenity was not in my list. But uh, 
and I didn't get a no- notification. I, I don't know. So you know, take those those clickbait ads for what they're worth on on the internet. Oh, those clickbait things are getting more and more annoying. And the cameraman kept recording. <clears throat> oh God, they hate they 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 lock up my phone. And it's like, oh, unfortunately, the internet has stopped. Yeah, because 50,000 ads tried to load up when I... All I want to see is a cat video, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about testosterone in my area. All right? I don't have any testosterone in my area. I'm almost 47, for God's sakes. <laughs> I haven't had testosterone in 20 years. Yeah. That left... That ship has sailed. It's on a, it's on a Firefly transport to Jupiter right now. But anyway, trash. Trash. Trash, as I said, is episode 11, directed trash. by Vern uh, Gillum. Oh, sorry. For every one of us. <laughs> written by Bed, Ben Edlund and Jose Molina. Guest starring Christina Hendricks in return. Frank Ross and Dwyer Brown. Now, Dwyer Brown. I I recognized him, and I realized who he was is, um, when I looked at his IMDb. I had I to like, look him up. I, I did not. Re- I I knew he looked familiar, but I didn't know who he was. And then I just feel like saying, "Want to have a catch?" My, it's one of my favorite quotes when he's like, "Look at him. He was young before life had beat him down." <laughs> yeah, I'm living that now. Thanks. Yeah, Dwyer Brown played. Kevin Costner's re- rejuvenated father in Field of Dreams. Great movie. One of the only. I love that movie. Only movies that I that we, when I was in the service, well, I actually or ever that I, that I saw, we walked out of the theater and we're like, well, let's go see that again, and we went right back in and watched it again. Great movie. And the scene with Dwyer Brown gives me goosebumps every time. You're a sensitive man. I am. I'm a sensitive lad. Yeah, sensitive guy. And he makes a mean breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. I clog arteries like no one's business. He wears he wears just an apron. And nothing else. <laughs> and nothing else. He looks like Ma making breakfast. I was just going to say, so you get Paul's peachy bottom. Excellent. Good. Yeah, that's the one thing you're not getting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say there were sausages at breakfast, but none of them were mine. Ooh. It would have been funny if he drops them, then I had to bend over to pick it up. Ah! <laughs> anyway, the synopsis of this episode goes as follows. The episode opens in a desert where a naked Mal sits on a rock, staring into the distance and saying to himself, Yeah, that went well. During a cargo transfer 72 hours earlier, Mal meets up with Monty, a war buddy and fellow brown coat turned smuggler. As Monty's crew unloads cargo, he tells Mal that he's gotten married, introducing his wife, Bridget. Bridget turns out to be Mal's nemesis, Saffron, and a fight breaks out between them. Enraged to learn of Saffron's double dealing, Monty leaves without her, stranding her on the deserted moon where Mal is waiting for a pickup. Mal orders Saffron to walk away and be left behind, but reconsiders when she tempts him with the prospect of a lucrative heist. Later, Serenity arrives to pick up Mal and the unloaded cargo. Later, Mal lets Saffron out of the loaded crates in the cargo bay. In the common room, Saffron describes to the crew her plan to steal a priceless antique laser pistol, the Lassiter, from Doran Hamer, a wealthy collector of Earth-that-was artifacts. 
She claims a detailed knowledge of Hamer's security arrangements, but explains that the difficulty lies in getting the weapon off the estate, something Serenity's crew could, could accomplish. The crew is outraged that Mal has brought Saffron on board, but they reluctantly agree to the plan. Jane is assigned to watch over Simon and River and keep them out of Saffron's sight. River worries about the situation, telling Simon she doesn't trust Saffron and she knows Jane had tried to betray the Tams to the Alliance. Meanwhile, Wash and Kaylee instruct Mal and Saffron to dump the collectible pistol, once they procure it, into an automated tra trash disposal unit, which Kaylee can reprogram to have the trash taken to a remote location where they can pick it up. Mal and Saffron enter the estate without difficulty. They find the room that houses the well-protected collectible, but are met with Duran himself. Duran rushes to Saffron and embraces her, calling her Yolanda, and thanking Mal for bringing back his wife, who apparently disappeared six years ago. Saffron insists that Duran provide some compensation for Mal's rescue. Duran steps out to get reward money for Mal to allow them to finish retrieving the pistol. As Duran re-enters, he attempts to remonstrate with her, but Saffron knocks him out with a kick and leaves, Mal, leaves with Mal, who has discarded the antique in the trash chute after which they escape. Meanwhile, Wash has been hovering Serenity directly under the trash unit of Hamer's estate, while Jane retrieves the control unit and Kaylee re reprograms it, clinging to the ship's hull. A delay arises during a windy EVA when Jane is incapacitated by an electric shock, but Zoe helps Kaylee replace the control board just in time for the automated pickup vehicle to collect the trash unit. Jane is dragged back on board by Shepard Buck. As Mal and Saffron fly towards the rendezvous in Isis Canyon, Mal continues to explore his theory that Duran was Saffron's true love and original husband. Saffron appears to become emotional, but when Mal is off guard, she secures his gun and takes him prisoner. Saffron orders Mal to disrobe as revenge for him seeing her naked in the episode Our Miss Reynolds, and, stranded, and strands him in the desert before proceeding to the drop location. As Saffron searches through the garbage for the antique laser pistol, an arrow emerges above to taunt her with the weapon. The companion re reveals that she's been part of the plan all along, knowing that Saffron would get the drop on them somehow and arranging to beat her at her own game of deception. An arrow remotely closes the garbage container to trap Saffron for the authorities to pick up later. On Serenity, the crew discovers that, that Saffron has again sabotaged their ship, delaying their trip to the rendezvous so that Kaylee can make repairs. Jane awakens in the infirmary to find that Simon has medically paralyzed him to, to rest a spinal injury. Simon reveals his knowledge of Jane's plan to sell out the Tams but reminds him that Serenity's crew are a team and that as Jane's doctor, he will never harm him. River, however, warns Jane that she can kill him with her brain. Once repaired, Serenity makes it to Mal's location. Mal and, Onara, Mal and Inara, having reached an understanding, trade jokes about the heist. Mal casually boards Serenity in front of the crew, still unclothed. Wash and Zoe are shocked by the captain's brazenness, but Kaylee cheerfully congratulates Mal as the ship lifts off from the desert. Once again, just another fun episode as far as I was concerned. You know, it seems like one of the things about this series is the heist episode was going to become a common trope. 
because it, it already has, and we're only 11 episodes into what, you know, would have gone on for quite a while if Fox hadn't been so stupid as to cancel it. And without spoiling it for you, there is at least one more heist episode before the series finishes. And there's not that many episodes to fit a heist yeah. episode into, so... I think they've, they've very quickly realized they're fun, and you can still slide in a lot of good character moments into them while still being a fast-paced adventure. Yeah, the, the fact that it was... Well, first of all, I, I enjoy heist episodes. Mm. Second of all, that's kind of Mal's well, I mean, yeah, job. Smugglers. <laughs> you know. And and third of all, you can, as you said, you can put all the character moments in with the heist and, and have it be, you know, a a, uh, a meaty episode on top of, you know, it's not, you're not just necessarily just doing the same thing over and over again. So, you know, as long as the writing remains solid, you can keep getting away with, you know, five or six heist episodes a year. Hmm. And what I liked about this one as well was how clever it was in its writing when you get to the end of it and you realize that Mal and the crew knew exactly what Yosef Bridge was up to <laughs> all the way through and had actually arranged a double cross on her. So when you get to that Inara bit at the end and she has that beautiful line about, I didn't think some of the crew's performances were as nuanced as they could be. Uh, that was just brilliantly <laughs> snarky because Inara doesn't like anything more than getting one over on Saffron. Yeah, you got to imagine their thought process was, I don't know exactly how she's going to double cross us, but you know she's going to. Yeah. It's going to happen, yeah. So ultimately the final end game is going to be, though I guess the, the problem would have been if she had been able to get the gun from Mal and never have it go into the garbage. Right, but, well. There, there was she, no real way she could do that. Unless it, she was lying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, under the plan that they had, that was the only way of removing it from from the premises. But if she had been lying and there was some other method that she had already come up with, but then, no, because then why would she have needed Serenity's crew at all? Mm, true. She yeah. needed to get out of the building, and for that, she needed the crew of Serenity. Once she got out of the building, that's where you can go, that Mal would have looked at it and gone, right, this is where she's going to betray me at this point. So anywhere after this point, uh, Inara, you have to be ready. And then later on, they've gone, right, we're going to dump it in the trash, Inara, that's where you need to be. So they've planned for Inara to be ready from that point and only later really solidified exactly what she's going to do. And she had a lovely outfit. She did. With now, her veil? Now, I'm thinking, did she, did she change clothes? Because she would have had to have dug through the garbage prior to saffron getting there and she looked immaculate standing up on you know up above the uh the trash bin but i think that's anara's thing i think you know <laughs> she she could wallow in the mud and she'd still come out of it looking clean and and made up god she's she's just gorgeous uh, i mean uh, mm. she is well, she is there's no denying yeah. it i still yeah. i think she still looks good on gotham i think she looked good in deadpool I don't know if she'll be. I I have not watched that yet. Uh, ben talked me into buying I, I, that. I think and, you'll enjoy that, Bill. Well, yeah, that's what I've heard. But uh, Ben if, wants if, to if see it. If nothing else, only because of uh, Anara. I think the comedy elements will get you too. I think you'll you'll. I think you'll go for it. You think it's appropriate for a fourteen-year-old boy? Um. No, there's... but I would let him watch it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Am I gonna have to explain certain things? I'm not no, sure it's appropriate no, for a 44-year-old man, but... Oh, okay. If yeah. he knows how, how sex works, he'll be fine. Oh, God, I, I gotta explain that. Damn. 
there's there, I, I mean i could talk about so many things but i don't want to spoil just it's it's enjoyable it's funny you'll you'll get a kick out of it and most of it is just cartoon violence yeah there is a little bit of sex stuff in there but most of it's cartoon violence and and truly cartoony cool uh, so i was just glancing through some trivia apparently that is a real tattoo that is not something made up for the show it says the tattoo visible on Mal's hip is an Egyptian glyph meaning peace. Nathan Fillion got it at the age of 19 and reportedly regrets it. So why that he little, it, why has he never had it removed then? Uh, because well, tattoo removal is not a simple I mean, process. They they could have just covered it up with makeup, but yeah, I guess it kind of fits his that. character. Yeah, it kind of fits in with him. It didn't look out of place. Because, yeah, in Angel, they covered up Charisma Carpenter's tattoos. Mm, sorry, I just went on a Charisma Carpenter <laughs> thing for a few seconds. Mm. Oh, man, when she was the queen with the bikini. Yeah, <laughs> see, what was weird about that, though, with tangenting, they covered it up when she was the queen in the bikini. They covered it up when she had a nude scene. But whenever she wore those low-rider jeans, you could see it. <laughs> so, okay. Mm. Maybe it was a magic tattoo. Has she done anything since Angel? I I think I saw her in like one or two guest spots on the show, but she hasn't had. I don't think she's had any steady work. Like, no, no. She, 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 yeah, yeah, she was in Veronica Mars for a couple of episodes. She's been in Supernatural, but yeah, she's she's kind of jobbing actress, isn't she? Mm. Mm. Anyway, back to this episode of Firefly. I like I like Simon finding out what Jane did. <laughs> I, I liked his method of of dealing with it too. It wasn't let me get revenge. It was let me just get him to understand that we need to work together and trust each other, or this don't this won't work. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a good thing. Nobody cares. No, no, nobody I, cares I, what I, you think, Paul. No, we do. We we, we totally agree with you because we thought it was absolutely brilliant. And again, it was all the character bits, like the when he comes in. With his bloody nose, Wash's visual reaction to that is hysterical. Where he's just looking at Zoe and points at the nose and going, "What? What the hell? What happened?" <laughs> All of the little comedy moments in this one just really fly. They were a really good comedy ensemble when they got to play the comedy, and the the pretending to hate each other is really really good. But the the scene between Malin and Ara were they're arguing about we've not been on the cortex for a while and I've not had any jobs. I can't think that that was part of the plan. So that was a no, real scene. No. Because, no, because, because if it was, who was it for? Because that'll come up. That comes up. Uh, not a spoiler. I watched through the rest of the series last night in the movie, and that does come up in the following at that whole concept of uh, jobs and and you know what's what's going on with them will will pop up again mm. and the ending the 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 back and forth between those two is hysterical where mal's out in the middle of nowhere with no clothes been completely and utterly kind of humiliated and he's just so uber confident all part of the plan and is like this was part of the plan and he's, we got away <laughs> with the loot didn't we and she's well, yeah, he said, okay, fine, no problem. What a glorious day. <laughs> yeah. he's just, and he walks up onto Serenity, just letting it all hang out. And watch all the actresses. They're all desperately not looking downwards. They're all maintaining eye contact with him. 
And Kaylee's reaction is brilliant. She just kind of, as he walks away, she just kind of checks him out and does that little thing with her eyes where she goes, not bad. And then walks off. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, um, Mr. Fillion wore a mitten over his mitten. Like, over, over, and, his little, over his little mel? Over yeah. Oh, and it had a and it had a picture of Josh Whedon on it. <laughs> uh, that would be Josh Whedon. But oh man, you just well, why? What did I say? I said you Josh. Said Josh. Oh, I was just gonna man. I was just gonna try and make a pithy comment about Bill's once again mispronouncing a name, and you beat me to it. Uh, we'll cut Philly in some slack though, because it was apparently five o'clock in the morning. So little Mal may have been a little more little than usual. Maybe he was in the pool. Yeah, <laughs> shrinkage, shrinkage, shepherd, shrinkage. It's it's a, it's a real issue amongst us, I think. I think we should start a club to to bring awareness to this issue. Shr- shrink club for men. <laughs> the first rule of shrink club. Don't talk about shrink club. That's exactly right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think we're struggling a little bit with this one because it's just brilliant. Well, one of the things about it that I got a huge kick out of was the way they fight mm. when they first meet up. I mean, oh, there's yeah. no, there's no, oh, this is a woman. No. <laughs> I'm going to be more gentle. <laughs> there's nothing of the sort in this. Thing. And she gives herself away because she calls him Malcolm Reynolds. And then yeah. her quote unquote husband goes, wait a minute. I didn't tell you his, you know, I didn't tell you his full name. And it's like, you ah. did Fillion's reaction to that. Every one of them just in the moment. His, his face just goes really smug <laughs> when he says that. Like, ha, 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 got you. <laughs> I, I, for, for a short moment on the show, I, I thought his buddy was kind of a good part. Yeah, it would have been nice to see him again had the, the series gone on. Especially when Kaylee walks on and goes, but we love him. Yeah. I'm Monty. Did you get a fight with Monty? And he was all grumpy. It reminded me of uh, David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. That's what I kept thinking. I was like, is this David Crosby? No, he's too young to be David Crosby. Yeah, no, he's definitely too young, but but very similar in look. Maybe a little thinner. Your parents, well, you're a smuggler. Uh, I got nothing else. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was a, a very good effort there, Bill. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, they're always a good effort. You never phone it in. Have you listened to Bill? Hey, <laughs> I love Bill. I really do. Thank well, you. Because Bill is, is enjoyable even when he phones it in, but he does phone <laughs> it in. Ring, ring. Yeah, oh, I, I, suppose you, I suppose you could argue showing up for a show where you've not watched what you're talking about and not read what you're talking about could be argued as phoning it in. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's phoning it in with auto dial. Yeah. And like I said, or, well, I don't know if it was on this show, but I achieved the trifecta on that. <laughs> do a comic show, don't read comics, do a TV show, don't don't watch TV, and do a movie show and didn't see the movie. I'm that Brilliant. good. You are. that. You, you should be podcaster of the year. Next will be to do a podcast and not even be on the podcast. And not watch, read, or talk about anything that was a part of the show. And, it, and you it, would it, still be the best part of that show. It'll just be 30 minutes of dead air. <laughs> Some would say that's what this is. 
<laughs> oh dear. What do you think about the bit in the middle where, where she does actually have a breakdown? Do you think that was genuine? Hmm. Uh, I not only did I think that was kind of genuine. I mean, I think but maybe that was her. Do you think that was her original origin and she was just bored and became a criminal because she didn't want to be a kept woman and just another one of this guy's trophies is the way she really felt. Well, like Catwoman. Yeah, hmm. kind of. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of the way I took it. And and when Mal, like in the synopsis, when it said, you know, Mal has seen her naked and it kind of referred back to the prior episode. When he talked about seeing her naked, I don't think that's what he was talking about. I thought he was saying, oh, that's what I thought the too. real her. Right. That's yeah, what I that, thought, that's too. That's what he meant. Yeah. So I've like when I read that in the clothes. synopsis, I was like, no, that's not accurate. No, the synopsis missed the point. He said, I've seen you without clothes, but I've never seen you naked. Naked. Right. Until now. Hmm. Yeah, and I and I think I think that's ultimately, you know, why she was angry. Not only just you know, conning him or whatever, but but actually angry with him when she left him naked. I think that's why she made him get naked. Mm-hmm. Kind of revenge for that. Yep. He didn't exactly what's it though, did he? He didn't exactly fight that. <clears throat> Although at that point he probably knew that they'd won. Although he, he can't have possibly known that she'd sabotaged Serenity. Hmm. But I think also that's 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 Mel's personality. Like I don't think you know, he's like, Yeah, okay, so I'm naked, who cares? I still win. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that's, that's why that. he was walking around the ship like that and didn't really have any, <laughs> any embarrassment about it. <laughs> oh funny. Did you did you catch the name of the floating mansion? No. Bellerophon? Oh, right. The uh, is uh, the name of the spaceship of the original explorers of Altair in Forbidden Planet. Cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that name. So yeah, I they said to... that that ship that ship has been named used on Deep Space Nine, uh, Forbidden Planet, and they there was something else, maybe Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Possibly. And I think there's a real naval ship with that name as well. All right, brilliant. And once again, we're running out of things to say. And then, well, that's the pro- the most the thing with this is it doesn't really do much to further the world. There's nothing in this we've not seen before. We've well, seen them on backwater worlds with people that have dubious reputation, but the characters are all furthered. Yes, and 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 it it is in many ways just fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that happens that's fun. Like I, I started to say, like in that first scene when they. Uh, they first come upon each other, and then they start fighting. I mean, there's a there's a one point where Mal just like punches her square in the face, <laughs> and she goes flying, and and you know she kicks him, and and what's his name, uh, the friend is, is sitting there just saying Bridget, Mal, <laughs> he's like totally like useless in in breaking them up until the very end, and I just found that to be very physical comedy in my mind. And I love his line about, I shaved my beard for you, devil woman. <laughs> his soup catcher. <laughs> yeah. Which is genius. <laughs> and you could easily picture him with a big Duck Dynasty type beard. And then, like, when Mal said, uh, something looks different about you. And you could see kind of like that pride, like, you know. Yeah. Huh? Huh? He, he almost, see, see. Like, in his mind, he was like, you know, all debonair and tuxedoed. Now, um, the scene where they walk into uh, Duran's, um, I, I guess you could say, lair or trophy room, I kind of got 
the uh, it reminded me. Um, what is the Hulk storyline with the Maestro called? Uh, Future Imperfect. Future Imperfect. The the trophy room with oh, all the yeah. because there was a there was a phone booth in there. Yeah, I spotted the phone booth. That was but that was what caught my eye because that was the first thing that came into frame before they looked at at the at the laser pistol. Um, and I was trying to look at the things in the background. I saw saw a few pieces of furniture and this and that. But I did you guys catch anything else in that scene? I I didn't try to like freeze it and look on you know analyze it. But did 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 anything else catch your eye? Because supposedly he's a collector of uh, of of stuff from the the Earth that was. No, I like you said. I spotted the phone booth. I didn't see anything else. Like if there was any Easter eggs or anything hidden in there. I didn't yeah. spot them because it reminded me of there's a there's a next generation episode with Saul Rubinek where he collects the one of a kind things and he, he wants data as part of his collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yes. It yes. reminded me of that one a little bit. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that yeah, he he, he was later on uh, Warehouse 13. Yeah, and the Equalizer and Saul Rubinek's on loads of stuff. He's, he's thinking he nearly married Daphne in Frasier. On the show or the actual in On real the life? show. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's been a while since I've seen Frasier. Well, I'm sure Ben will start watching that next. He's been watching Cheers. It was a funny show. Mm. Well, it was very funny. It's one of the few spin-offs, comedy spin-offs that, you know, there's only a handful that I think are really, you know, true spin-offs that are worthwhile. Mm. I mean, you, ha- you have your... Uh, your interior pilots, like you know, Mork and Mindy coming off Happy Days, that's not really a spinoff, although they try and make it sound like it is. Mm. All they did was do a back to a pilot on Happy Days. Uh, but when you have a true spinoff, where you have a character that existed for several years, and then they give him his own show. I, I, I don't. I think there's they're few and far between on the ones that you can consider to be truly good quality, and Frasier is one of them. I'd sometimes think Frasier was better than Cheers. Yeah. It, it it holds it it holds up on its own. You don't you know you can watch each show independently of the other, and and you know which one is your favorite is dependent on you. Yeah, I mean that like a, you know this isn't a, an internet caveat fight thing. I don't think Cheers is crap because I think Frasier is more is funnier. I think Cheers is still exceptionally good. I just yeah, Frasier just worked better for me. Anybody who's insulted by that, please send your email to Keep Them Flying Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do have an email address. Mention that Blaine sent up an email address for us. Because I can't remember what he set it up as. He set it up as... Oops, where is it? Let's see. Listener Blaine Dowler. Hi, Blaine. Got so fed up of the fact that we don't have an email. He set up an email address for us. <laughs> I love our listeners. It is set up as Keep Um Flying Podcast. K E E P. E M F L Y I N G P O D C A S T, no spaces, at gmail.com. And at some point, we will remember what the password to that account is, and we will look in and we will read our email. And although we might be done recording the show episodes by the time we actually get to any email, in which case, we will read them on Listen to the Prophets or oh, some oh, other do- future endeavor. Or oh, some future endeavor yeah. that we're considering doing now. Oh, we could do an episode of this just looks at a comic series for, for uncover the email on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe the post-Serenity comic series and see what we think of it. The options are many. Yes. 
Depends on how much people like the show, too. So, just jumping back into the the episode for a second, do you think um, if we had seen more, um, obviously they would probably try to expand the the mall mal in our relationship uh, because he, she's saying she's accusing him of making her job hard, not going to the better playing the better paying paying planets, and she ends up calling him a petty thief, which is what supposedly spurs this whole, you know, that he's going to do this job with, um, with Saffron, um, which m- makes you think how long, how long was she actually going to stay in that crate <laughs> if they hadn't had this argument? Um, I, I do like the comedy in that scene where he's insulted by petty and she said, well, I wouldn't necessarily say petty. And she says the word in Chinese, he's, that's Chinese for petty. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, she's like, well, no, actually, you know, it has uh, it has nuances and, and such. Mm, yeah, right. Still petty. Nice, nice little comedy touch in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just every episode we, we do on this, I, I walk away saying the same thing. And I just walk away saying, damn, why did they cancel the series? <laughs> Yeah, especially seeing as the back half has just been of such consistent high quality. Oh, and then um, um, <laughs> she's <laughs> when they're having the discussion in the galley, and Saffron says, "Well, you may be wondering, what, what was it she said? Why do I need you? You know, blah 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 blah." And, and then somebody else says, "No," but then Jane Jane just turns around and repeats exactly what she just said. <laughs> they're all like. What? Ah, uh, Jane is great. I, I wonder if uh, he was who Inara had in mind when she said some of the crew's performances weren't as nuanced as I would have liked. <laughs> <laughs> every every single character in the show is enjoyable in their own way too. Mm. They each have they each have a certain amount. They they really did a great job not only of writing these people but in in casting because. Everybody just fits the part. Everybody's got a good deal of charisma. Uh, th- there's nobody on this show that you that you know they s- spend moments with, and you start saying, "Yeah, that's not what I want to do." You know, you- you're curious to see everybody's background and what happened with everybody. And there's so many mysteries, and I don't know how many of them are going to get resolved. Of like, what uh, the one in particular that I think is the biggest mystery in his own way right now is Shepard Book. They've really given you very, very little insight into his background. You know, R- River is the most obvious mystery, but they keep giving you little pieces and they keep making it clear that they're going to, you know, eventually get around to giving you more. Mm. With Shepard, it's just kind of like he's there as a mystery. And, you know, every once in a while we'll just throw a tiny little crumb your way. But Shepherd that's it. Know, Shepherd book knows things. Yeah. So you, you know he's got... A fascinating backstory, but you haven't heard really any of it yet. And I don't know if you, I don't know what we're going to hear. I'm assuming, the, you know, knowing when they made the movie that that could be their last go around, I'm assuming they gave you a little bit more meat then as far mm. as letting you know stuff. But, but you can't cram too, too much in there. Otherwise, you know, that would become a clunky movie. So I'm not, I'm expecting, I'm expecting this all to be over and still have a lot of mysteries as to what's going on and who's what having just rewatched the movie last night 
it's not clunky. Yeah, I don't expect I don't, it to be. That's I mean that's that's really not Josh Whedon's way or Josh Whedon's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Or are we going to rate this, or do we have anything else? No, I, I think. Like we've we've said, this is an enormously fun romp uh, with lots of really nice, funny character moments. Christina Hendricks is a delight to see again. She absolutely is. I, I think you know we didn't touch on that. I didn't expect to see her again. I figured she was one and done. So I was did very the, surprised. Did when the she previously not spoil it for you? I'm sorry. Did the previously not spoil it for you? I, that she was uh, going to be in this one. I don't. I don't think I saw the previously. All oh, right. Well, so, okay. Yeah, because sometimes I. I noticed that um, Netflix, if you're watching on that, a lot of times it jumps past the previously and it goes straight into the episode. Oh, all right. If, if there was a previously, I wasn't paying attention for a few minutes, so I wasn't spoiled that way. I mean, she comes out so quickly in the episode that it's not really uh, too big a yeah, deal. Yeah, she's but pre-credits. I, but but... Going into this, I had no idea she was going to be back. And she, you know, you, you use the word delightful, and I think that's pretty apropos. Mm. Uh, she, she's just so enjoyable on the screen, and she she kind of takes command of it and, and holds her own against, you know, against Nathan Fillion, which is not so easy to do. Mm. So well, I, I would have enjoyed said, seeing her come back time and again over the course of, of a series run. I think that would have been inevitable, I'll be honest. Fillion does say in the official companion his favourite part about working with Christina Hendricks was he doesn't have to do anything. He just lets her do all of the work and he just reacts to what she's doing. Which is a very generous thing for an actor to say. Yeah, and and, and she does she does command the screen when she's on it. So, even more so than I thought she did in Mad Men. And I thought she did that mm. in Mad Men. But... There's Has something she got about a better part in this? I'm sorry? Has she got a better part in this? See, yeah, I've and I have s- to admit, Mad Men, I think Mad Men went, ran seven seasons, okay. something like that. And I got a little bored with it. I was watching it on Netflix. I think I got bored with it in the fourth season and stopped watching. So I don't know if her part improves as time goes on. I get the feeling it might. But she is a little bit in the background in that show, whereas... On the two episodes she's been in here, she's front and center. See, I've never seen her on I Haven't Watched Mad Men. So really, this is, maybe other than a few other things, this is the most I've seen her on a show. I think she's great. I, yeah, she, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I do great. Yeah. Great. She's good. I was going to say she's hot, but then that would be sexist. But now I've said it. No, so it wouldn't, there. because she describes herself as that in this oh, episode. Okay. So you oh, are given a complete pass there, my friend. Yay! You sexism. are only agreeing oh, with how, what she describes herself as. Because we've hit a point in time in our society where it's bad to think somebody's attractive. Apparently so, yeah. Mm. Anyway. So you shouldn't really be watching this show then, which is full of attractive people. Even the men. Even the podcasters. Even the podcasters are attractive people. Ew. <laughs> Especially that pig face that Boy. Paul has as his avatar on Skype. He has a, yes, and I have a, and I'm sitting on a toilet with a toilet seat on my head. Whereas so mine's I'm... dramatic and moodily lit. Yes. Yeah. You, you look like a smuggler, a true smuggler. You have your DL-44 pit pistol. I do, yeah, I was trying to do my version of Han Solo's Force Awakens poster. I said, I thought you were, I thought you were doing Bond. <laughs> with, with Han Solo's blaster? Yes. 
Space bombed. <laughs> better so, than space bum. Oh. Yes, that's very true. So let's rate this one. Five. No, actually, it's a four. I don't think it's quite up there without a gas, but it's a four, definitely. I think it's extremely solid. It's enjoyable throughout. Uh, it, it doesn't have a misstep, and there's not one scene in it that I don't enjoy watching. It certainly fit, it, it passes the remote control test with flying colors. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I was tempted to say four because there's nothing about it that makes it like really, you know, like an all-time great episode of a great show. But this, it's so solid throughout that I'm going to say 4.5. Okay. Tell you what, I'm going to do the same. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm going to bump it up 0.5 as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it four hip tattoos and half a misfiring laser pistol. To make it a four point five. Yeah, so let's be unanimous across the board. Yeah, the yeah, only you're thing right, to Paul, me that it's... keeps it from being a five is that it doesn't have anything in it where you say, "Oh my god, I can't believe that happened." It changed the whole series. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's just a quality episode. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Paul. It's churlish to give this a four. You're right, four point five all the way across the board. All right, I'm writing it down in ink, so now you're stuck. No, no, I've, I've got it all written down as well. So, so far, if I'm looking at my things here, only episode five scored below a three. Mm. And only Every... episode five and episode two could be considered below excellent. Yep. But, so, for the most part, you're rocking threes, fours, and fives pretty much across the board on this show. So, if you haven't watched it, watch it while it's on Netflix. Is what we're saying. If you have Netflix. If you have Netflix. Go and buy the Blu-ray. It's not not expensive on Blu-ray. Yeah. Bill thinks it could be coming off Netflix in the next couple of years. No, no, no. Not the show. The movie. The movie, Serenity. Which, again, doesn't make sense. Why you'd leave the show and... It's owned by different companies. Oh. hmm. The movie's Universal. The series is Fox. It's entirely possible Netflix's contract with Universal for certain product is coming to an end. Right. Stupid universe. Stupid universe. Stupid, <laughs> stupid Fox cancelling your shit. They did have a nice cut from the Universal thing to in the opening of Serenity. To where Don't they ruin the beginning. Oh, it's just, it's nothing. It's not a spoiler. You suck, Bill. They go through the Universal words. Right, and then, right, right, after right. Bill is talking, through, but I can't hear. They just show the Earth that was not was. That's it. So I'm gonna yeah. I didn't. I didn't listen to what you just said. So okay. the Earth that was not was. Earth does everyone want the dinosaur on Earth that was not was? Well, Wash does. <laughs> oh, very <my> good. <laughs> For those of Genius. you who don't know what we're talking about, go back to the nineties. Oh, that's go, the reason we keep you on the show. That why do we genius. keep you on the show? Because that was genius. Wait, Come there's, on. There's reasons why you keep me on the show? Yes. You mean there's a chance that I could have been removed from the show? Uh-oh. Well, it has to go to a vote, obviously. Wait, there's... I, I didn't vote. The bill referendum. <laughs> Leave or Broad, stay. Broadcast. Leave or stay, but do so because it is what you wish to do. And thank God it's deadlocked every time, so I get to stay, (laughs) right? 
Okay, should we do next time? Yes, please. <laughs> next time on an all new episode of Keep and Flying, a Firefly podcast, we've got high hopes because the next one is written by Joss Whedon and Tim Minear and directed by Tim Minear, who are the writers and directors of two episodes that have thus far scored five wash dinosaurs or mal cock tattoos or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> it's the message. <laughs> Message in a bottle. So we will see you all next time, guys. Goodbye. See ya. Hope you had a real good time. Keep them flying. A Firefly podcast is a two true freaks presentation and is hosted by Shepard Bill Robinson, Paul Spataro, and Andrew Leyland. All the music and sound clips used in the show is copyright Fox Broadcasting and is available to buy on the Firefly soundtrack by Greg Edmonds. If you like to buy that soundtrack, maybe you could do it through the Amazon link that is on the 2TrueFreaks.com website. It costs you nothing extra, but throws a few pennies in our tip jar, which helps us to continue to produce content like this. Every episode of Keep Flying is dedicated to the memory of our pal, Sean Engel. And remember, find a ship, find a crew... Keep flying.